Well, friends, I'm glad that you're here today. I know many of you are guests of some of the baptism candidates, and we're excited about that. But uh, we also know that life change occurs with the Word of God. And so I want to share that with you just a little bit. Uh, this will be brief, I pray. Uh, but if you want to go ahead and turn in the Bibles in front of you and to page 554, I'm going to be preaching from Psalm 139 today. Psalm 139 on page 554 in the Bibles in front of you. But beginning in the Garden of Eden, the Bible makes it clear that God knows everything about those whom he has created in his image. Because God understands and because God knows our pain, that should be a comfort. But because God also knows our sins, God knowing everything can also be a bit of a concern. The greatest challenge that we have as children of God is learning to live in light of God's omniscience or God's all-knowingness. Now, I believe that all people crave a relationship where we can share the most intimate details of our life. Deep down, I believe that we all want to have that someone with which we can share our deepest fears, our deepest desires, our deepest hopes, and our deepest dreams. But earthly relationships often don't deliver. Earthly relationships don't often deliver on the intimacy that we're looking for. But that does not mean that there is no one who knows everything about you. Because there is. And his name is Jehovah God. People often don't know or maybe they forget that God knows everything about us. In Psalm 139, there on page 554, we're reminded of God's all-knowingness. We're reminded of God's omniscience. There in verse 1, we're kind of given a summary statement. And the summary is this. God knows us. Amen? He knows us. Verse 1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. But there in verse 2, we find that God also knows all of our activities, all of our thoughts, and all of our routines. Verse 2 says, You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. In verse 3, God knows our direction, He knows our ways, and He knows our habits. It says this, Lord, you comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with my ways. Verse 4 says something that should be convicting, and that is that God knows every word we speak. How's that feel? Verse 4 says, there is not a word on my tongue, but you, O Lord, know it completely. Let's be careful of our words. Somebody say amen. Verse 5 says that God knows the dangers that lie ahead in our lives. It says it this way. You have hedged me in behind and before you've laid your hand upon me. Verse 6 reminds us that God's knowledge is beyond our understanding. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. But then in verse 16, 
We're reminded that God knows all the days of our life. He says, your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed in your book, all were written the days that were fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Before you were born, God knew just how long you'd be here on this planet. Friend, there is no one who knows details about you more than God. Just think of God's knowledge compared to ours. God's knowledge is perfect. It lacks nothing. He knows everything from eternity past to eternity future. God knows the stars by name. He knows the state of every sparrow, Miss Rebecca. Amen. Praise God. And he also knows the number of hairs on your head or not, Brother Tim. God knows everything perfectly. And because God knows everything perfectly, God doesn't know one person better than he does another. God doesn't learn God doesn't discover. God never is surprised or amazed. God never guesses or speculates. No. God knows. He knows every conceivable thing there is to know about everything that has ever existed or everything that will ever exist. God's knowledge is the complete opposite of how it is with people. We think we know a lot, don't we? Nod your head. You think you know a lot. But let me tell you something. You don't know diddly compared to God. Our knowledge is imperfect and limited. While God's knowledge, friend, is perfect and absolutely complete. We can't even begin to comprehend God's level of knowledge. But that's the whole point, isn't it? God is God, and we are not. Today, I want to point out how God's omniscience, how God's all-knowingness, if you will, impacts four areas of our spiritual life, beginning with your prayers. God knows your prayers. As Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, we find that God knows all the reasons they pray. He knows all of their motives. He knows all their intentions. And he knows all their needs before they even pray. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 in verse 5. Jesus said, and when you pray, not if, but when. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, the pretenders. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 6, but you, Jesus said, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7 says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. Just repeating the same word over and over. As the heathen do, for they think that for their many words they will be heard. 
Therefore, do not be like them. Listen to what Jesus said. For your father knows. Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Listen, y'all. We don't pray to inform God of anything. God already knows, all right? He already knows what we need. And you might ask, well, God, if God knows everything I need, then why should I pray? Well, as I mentioned earlier, more than any other reason, we pray because God said so. Our Heavenly Father, who loves and adores you, wants to communicate with His children. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. But there are other reasons, too. Sometimes, we think we know what we need, but our compassionate Father, yeah, He knows better what we need. And since God knows all things, both the actual and the possible, it's kind of a comfort for me to know that I have an all-knowing God who knows what I really need. And not just what I think I need. But perhaps most of all, when we pray, what we are supposed to be doing is aligning our thoughts Aligning our lives, aligning our prayers with His all-knowing will. We're the ones that are supposed to change, not God. In short, friend, prayer is God's gift to you and I. It's a gift to us. I mean, it's great for me to be able to sit and say this, Lord, you know what I'm feeling. You know what I'm thinking about what I've been dealing with. Lord, I know you know everything about me. And so I'm asking for your help to help me sort through it all and to make wise decisions. In prayer, we are saying, Father, I want your guidance. Father, I choose to submit to your all-knowing will because I know you know everything about my life and everything about me. So God knows about our prayers. But how many of you know that God knows our suffering? When we're going through the struggles of life, what we long for most is for somebody to come alongside us and help us bear that burden. How many of you had a burden so heavy you just couldn't handle it yourself? Amen? I think we all have at some point or another. But many times, the pain is so intense. The pain is so intense that we don't even know how to express it. And that's the blessing of a relationship with an all-knowing God. It's twofold. One, not only is he willing to hear us when we cry out to him, but even more, we know that he knows our heart, even when I can't put it into words. He knows me. He watches over me as I navigate my painful situation. He knows the source of my pain. And he can read my mind. He can read my heart. And he knows how I feel, even when I can't express it like I want to. Psalm 31 verse 7, the Bible says, 
I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, O God. For you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. In Psalm 142, in verse 3, the Bible says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me. You ever been overwhelmed? When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. See, God knows everything we experience. God knows every single minute of your pain and your suffering. God knows what you're feeling and He knows why you're feeling it. God knows what happened. He knows how long it's going to last and He knows just how long and how intense it's going to become. Therefore, sometimes I think that when I'm going through my difficult days, it's okay for me just to stop and Look up to heaven and say, Father, you know. You know. You know. God knows our prayers. And God knows our suffering. But friend, God also knows our closeness with him. In 2 Timothy 2.19, the Bible tells us that the Lord knows those who are his. Speaking of an intimate knowledge. In Psalm 1-6, the Bible says, For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. Those verses tell us that God knows just how close we are to Him. How close are you to God? How close are you to God? Can I tell you that God never messes up? That God never takes things the wrong way? Can I tell you that God never misunderstands us and He never misses a single thing you do or a single thing you say? The bottom line is this. Despite those things, despite His omniscience, despite Him knowing so much about you, there's nothing that God might find out about you that will make Him love you any less than He does right now. Praise God for that. Because God already knows you, God ain't waiting around trying to see if you're going to mess up. He already knows you, and He's not sitting around trying to catch you making a mistake or sinning. No, God loves you in spite of what He already knows about you. Is that an incredible love? Man, I look at that guy in the mirror, and I say, you love that? I know him. I know what he's done. And you love him? And you know what God says? Yep. <laughs> Praise God for that. You know, as human beings, I think often we just want somebody that will accept us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? We want someone that we can share our innermost thoughts with. We want someone, humanly speaking, who understands us even when we don't understand us. We want someone who we don't have to impress. We want someone who we can be real around all the time. Man, I say, if I could find that person, 
If I could find that person, man, I'd spend every moment of my life with them. Man, I would sit down and I would tell that person everything there is to know about me and everything I'm afraid to tell everybody else. Y'all see where I'm heading, right? We have just such a person in God. He knows everything about you. Our challenge is this. We need to realize as believers that God loves us and that what God wants most from you is to be close to you. God wants to be close with you. He wants you to dwell in his presence. So, my friend, listen. God is the only person who can see you in the flesh and see you in Jesus Christ at the same time. What? He sees me in my sin and he sees me in his son at the same time. Thank you, Lord, for loving me because he already knows everything about me. I choose to be close to him. I pray you choose to be close to God. Because he knows your prayers. He knows your suffering. And he knows just how close you are to him. But finally this morning. Did you know that God also knows your sins? Ooh. I could have gone all day without hearing that. I mean. It would have been a great place to stop with that last point. Amen. But listen. If we're going to be honest with ourselves, if we're going to be honest with God, we are going to have to broach this issue of God knowing all of our sins. Sin in its basic form is disobeying God. And I have to tell you that sin carries an extraordinary penalty for someone. Sin is something that we all have. Sadly, before we come to Christ and even after, we're saved. And you can call it what you want. You can call it a failure. You can call it being tripped up by the devil. You can call it succumbing to temptation. But I got to tell you, it's all sin. And it's all just disobeying God. And the Bible's clear that there is nothing, nothing hidden from God. I got to tell you, there are no secrets from God. He knows it all. God knows all our sin, and therefore there will be no excuse for sin that could ever hold water. Because He knows. Now, friend, let me ask you this question. How would you feel if one Sunday morning you showed up here at Bethel and every sin and every thought that passed through your mind for the last seven days was put on a billboard out here in front of the church right alongside Highway 207? If you're like me, I tremble at the thought. I can't imagine my thoughts being on a billboard for the last seven hours, much less the last seven days. And yet, our sins and our thoughts 
are revealed to our holy God in real time. And one day, every human that has ever lived or ever will live will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ to acknowledge what God already knows. Have they accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord? Do they belong to Jesus? Have they accepted Him as the Son of God in the payment for their sin? Friend, will you be able to say, I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sin. That God raised him from the grave, conquering death. I believe that he is now the Lord of the life I live. Will you be able to say, Father, by faith, I belong to Jesus. Or not. The young people who are submitting to believers' baptism today, they are declaring to you and they are declaring to God that they belong to Jesus. That by faith, they belong to Jesus. And I want to tell you that if you are in Christ, you will be saved from the dreadful penalty of sin. But I have to tell you that it's not this water that cleanses us from sin. It is only, only, only the blood of Jesus Christ who can cleanse us from the filthy stain of sin in our life. And listen, God knows that you need to be cleansed from sin. He knows. The only question that remains is, are you cleansed from sin? Have you been to the Savior for His cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? If not, what are you going to do about it? Today you can be saved and cleansed from the filthy stain of sin. And then afterwards, every believer who accepts Jesus Christ as his or her Savior from sin and the Lord of their life, he or she is called by God to identify with Jesus Christ in what's called believer's baptism. Faith in Christ saves and provides eternal life while baptism identifies us in this life with Jesus Christ and gives us the power that we need to live for God's glory. In Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, identifying with him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this life, y'all, that I'm living in the flesh, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our faith in Christ saves us and provides us with the eternal life we so desperately seek. But it's the baptism that identifies us with Jesus and becomes a testimony to all who see it or hear about it. It is no longer I who live, 
Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. By faith, friend, do you belong to Jesus? Can I tell you? You can walk out of this building saying, yes, I do. Have you identified with Jesus in baptism? Would you like to be? I got something I got to show you. We already have about seven that are going to be baptized today. But look what I brought. That shorts, t-shirt, and a towel. You can be baptized today if you choose. Right along with these young people who are declaring to you and to God, I belong to Jesus. Do you? Don't leave here not knowing when you can make it so today. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you. We adore you. And Lord, we are just so humbled at the thought of you loving us so much that you would send your only begotten son that if we would believe in him, we would not perish in a life separated from you for all eternity, but we would have everlasting life in heaven with you. Father, I can't think of a better gift of God. And Father, to think that you would offer that to sinners, people who had rebelled against you, who had shaken their fist at you, who had sinned against you, and yet you loved them that much. Thank you for our Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the lives of these that are going to be baptized this morning. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here that needs the assurance of faith that they desperately seek in Christ, Father, they would come forward during this decision time. Father, maybe they're looking forward to being baptized too. Father, if it's your will, Lord, you give them the faith and the courage they need to do just that. Father, we thank you. And Lord, I pray that you would use us as servants of God to disciple and teach and train up all the young people that are going to be baptized today because that's just the beginning. It's a first stepping stone. Now the work starts. And it's not just their work. It's our work as the church. Father, help us to be diligent in doing what you've called us to do. Training up and equipping Christians to be all that you've called them to be. For the glory of God. And Lord, we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.